Our second reading of scripture this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. Hear now the word of the Lord. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoner to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saw, saw, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Saul re- now, and he replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as your scripture is read and your word proclaimed, that the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, that they may enrich our lives and the lives of those whom you have called us to serve. We lift these things up to you, Almighty God. Amen. When was the last time you received a phone call? Perhaps it was this morning before you left for church, or last night before you went to bed. Or maybe you find that you're the kind of person who always gets a telephone call at the least convenient time. I'm talking about those moments when you're coming in from the car after grocery shopping, you have four bags in both your hands, and your phone rings. On most days, we find ourselves getting called called by friends, called by family, called by co-workers, and even strangers. Overall, these calls are pretty innocuous, they're pretty innocent, though some of them are undesired, undesired calls from telemarketers or automated messages or from people, uh, for some reason or another, from other countries who somehow have my number. But it's not too often that we get a call that knocks us off our feet. Don't get me wrong, we certainly do get those kind of calls, but we pray that they aren't too frequent. But there's another kind of call that we receive as well, the call from God, that we are always a little bit anxious about answering because we aren't sure what we'll hear on the other end of the line. Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was an individual who felt that they had received such a call from God. Of course, it might not have been the call that you or I would have imagined, but Saul was someone who was a, of a religious leader and a teacher of the law, someone who felt that he was charged with the task of rooting out the disciples and their followers. And we find in this morning's reading that Saul was so bent on making this call a reality that he even went to the high priest 
to make sure that he obtained the correct permissions that if he found any disciples, he could bring them back to Jerusalem for trial. Well, I think that we might agree that rounding up people for their beliefs or their identities would be wrong. We might discover that we can relate to the zealous, the passionate nature of Saul's pursuit to fulfill what he thought was God's calling for his life. How many of us here would say that we could relate to having such a strong passion, a strong sense of call like that? A time where we sunk everything we had into doing something well because we thought it was what we were supposed to do. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling when we are able to dedicate ourselves to a path we believe that we are meant to be on. But sometimes the crystal clear phone call that we thought we received from God isn't as clear as we thought it was. We certainly did receive a call, but it might have gotten garbled up with interference or we thought we understood what God was saying, but our brains crisscrossed the message and uh, in the end we ended up hearing what we wanted to hear. In those moments we end up playing a game of telephone with God and our time of prayer then feels like one of those old Verizon commercials where they had that guy who said, can you hear me now? I can't speak for you, but there have certainly been times in my life where I have been disappointed, where I have been heartbroken and frustrated because what I thought was God's call for my life ended up leading me to other various tangents and unexpected roundabouts. Throughout those moments of frustration, those moments of grief and confusion and sorrow, I don't think I ever had an experience like that of Saul who was making his way towards Damascus. Can you just picture him? Can you picture Saul making his way steadily as if everything was normal? And all of a sudden he finds himself blinded by a supernatural light. And the light was so disorienting that it was enough to bring him to his feet. And it was enough to have him try and cover his eyes and shield them from the piercing rays. While Saul was still trying to reorient himself, he hears a voice calling out to him saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I think that this question goes beyond just the surface layer of asking if Saul knew what it was he was really doing. Because at the heart, we find God turning Saul's world around 180 degrees. Following God can be a dangerous endeavor because we run the risk of having our world turned upside down in all kind of different directions at unexpected times, and at times that most uh, often are not convenient or fit into our neatly organized schedules. In a world that is filled to the brim with suffering, with gut-wrenching, mind-bending headlines of murder, of cruelty and devastation, I think we need to ask ourselves, can we hear God now? 
When the phone rings and we feel like the busyness of life keeps us from answering, will we set aside time to spend in prayer and meditation, listening to what God has to say to us today? Because right now, Jesus is calling your name, just as Jesus called out to Saul and the many other disciples before and after him. Jesus is calling us now by name. And that is the power of the resurrection, the power of having our world turned around and having a God who walks with us through it all, calling us out by name. There is nowhere that Jesus won't lose track of where you or where I have went, even if we find that we have strayed from the path that God has desired for us. This past week I spent time with some great colleagues in ministry who serve uh, churches throughout the Synod of the Northeast. And we gathered at Stony Point uh, Retreat Center to share about what had happened to us this past year. And part of our time uh, included taking time for a, a Sabbath day. And so we went into the city to see a play about uh, the temptations uh, called Ain't Too Proud. And just a sidebar, I had no idea how many songs I knew that were done by the Temptations, uh, but I just didn't know I uh, have a name to put to them. But there was a line from the play that struck, uh, that struck me uh, and stuck with me. The actor who played Otis Williams, the last original surviving member of the Temptations, said that when we reach the top of the hill and stand before the Almighty... We then look around and take stock and ask ourselves if the sacrifices we made along the way were worth it. I don't know if this is the kind of call that God is asking us to pursue. I think a little bit of sacrifice is okay, but when you start talking about people, I think that's a different story. There's a deeper level, I think, that we are meant to share and sacrifice together. A colleague shared a, another story with us, a parable of sorts that I think encapsulates us a little better about the call we should hear in our daily lives. And the story goes something like this. There once was a man who was in great need. And as he was walking through the park one day, he happened upon an elderly woman. The woman looked up and asked if the man was hungry. And so she pulled out some fine wine and other foods that she had with her. Surprised, the man asked if it was okay, to which the woman simply responded, Of course, come and sit with me. As the two sat and had their fill, the man, who had many needs, looked and saw a glimmering gem in the bag of the elderly woman. Knowing that this gem could turn his life around, the man asked, You have been so kind to me already, but may I ask for one more thing? Would you be willing to share with me that gem you have? Of course, responded the elderly woman, and she pulled out the gem and handed it to the man in great need. In shock, the man responded, Are you sure? To which again, the woman simply nodded her head. 
and began, and then the man began to walk away. As he rounded the corner, he stopped and looked at the gem in his hands. And he looked back then and could still see the woman sitting by herself, eating and drinking merrily. The man stopped and thought for a bit before going back to the woman. And he said, Kind woman, you have been so generous to me and have given to me everything that I have asked for, but I still have one more request. Would you please take back this gem that you have shared with me and instead show me where it was you were able to gain such power to give so freely? The power of Easter, the power of the resurrection is not something that should be trifled with. It's a precious gem, but one that we are meant to share with others. The power of the resurrection, the power of Easter will turn things over, mix and match things we think don't belong together, and will ask us to step out into the world as people who have been transformed by the love of God. Saw the assassin now became Saul, the ambassador of Christ. Friends, follow the heavenly songs of glory. Follow the saws of this world and knock on their doors and open them to a new path. Follow the one, Jesus, who called a ragtag group of sinners and saints to follow him as his disciples. Follow and answer the call, knowing that the call will grow and continue to grow in both body and spirit. If you are following the one who appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus, you will no doubt find yourself falling to your feet, not just because the light is blinding, but because the weights and the burdens of the world are there as well. If you are following the one, you will find that your deepest convictions will be turned upside down for the sake of one who turns our disdain of the other into a selfless love, a selfless love to die for the ones we wanted to harm. If you are following, you will find yourself being humbled and learning from others as to how it is we can better share this precious gem of God's love with those around us. If you are following, if you are waiting for the call, you will find that while others may turn away from you, there will be a multitude of others who embrace you as well. And if you are following, you will be known by your name, loved for both your talents and for your flaws, forgiven and made new in the body of Christ. So when the phone rings, are we going to answer it? And if we answer, how are we going to respond? Are we going to love as Christ would love? Are we going to give as Christ has given to us? And are we going to answer with a spirit that is ready to be shaped and molded? When the phone rings, we are going to have to be prepared for whatever we hear on the other end of the line. The creative the beautiful and life-transforming power of God cannot be stopped. And those who love the Lord, those who answer the call, refuse then to give into the darkness, the deadly, the hate-filled ways of this world. 
because they know that Jesus has overcome everything that does not lend itself to an abundant life. Do you hear the phone ringing? Now is not the time to be timid or afraid, but to take a leap of faith and follow and answer the call as people who are Easter children. Amen.